Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, Linda Ballesteros here. Thank you so much for joining me today on All Things Franchising. I always am honored when someone can find some time out of their busy day to spend with me. Uh, today we're going to be talking about taxes. I know, I know, I know it doesn't sound like uh, something that might be of interest, but it should be. I recently read an article, and the title of the article was, Why Small Business Owners Should Hire a Tax Pro. The article went on to say, for individuals with more complex incomes, such as revenue from businesses, seeking an expert of um, a professional, seeking, excuse me, seeking the expertise of a professional can save time, money, and potential legal complications. So that should get your attention. So today my guest is Dave Murray, and he is a CPA and a tax consultant. Dave has nearly three decades of experience working with companies and individuals to solve tax, accounting, internal operating, and corporate governance problems. So please help me in welcoming Dave to the show. Dave, welcome to the show today. Hello, Linda. Thank you very much for having me on. I sure appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, Dave, this is one of those topics that a lot of people just um, shy away from or they hope it won't be that big of a deal or they hand it over to uh, somebody else to take care of. But, you know, it's my experience that you really have to be involved in this. So, Dave, before we move forward in that, tell me a little bit about your background as a CPA and why did you start working with franchises? What, what attracted you to the franchise business model? Oh, perfect. I started out as an auditor with Ernst & Winnie. So this is going back, obviously, many years ago. And all I did was audit great big hospitals. And I have to admit, it was fun in many ways. And in many ways, it was just absolutely tiring. But after a while, I figured out, okay, no, wait, this stuff, that's not really for me. I kind of like dealing with the people who are down in the dirt and making things happen on their own. And that really comes from my dad. My mm-hmm. dad started out being, oh, I, I, dirt poor is, I guess, the best way to say it. He went through Navy ROTC, became an orthodontist, uh, and, and then later started a, a very successful uh, uh, long-term care company. But he told me many years ago, he said along that way, he had started about 20 different companies or uh, 20 different business enterprises, I guess is the better way to say it. He told me about when he was in college that when he and his brother, who were, they were attending, I think, Ohio State at the time, and traveling back and forth on the train, that every, one, every time the train stopped, they would jump off the train, run to the nearest grocery store, buy bread, buy meat, 
buy some cheese, get back on the train, and sell sandwiches to people on the train. And that's how mm. they paid for their that's how they paid for their their train ticket back and forth. So for me, this has always been kind of one of those. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a, I guess what the, an entrepreneurial household, and so mm-hmm. for me, this is a very natural place to be. Okay, it's mm-hmm. just a delight to to work with these people who are trying to uh, do something better, to mm-hmm. increase their own net worth to recognize that, you know, hey, there's something good out here that I can learn from these people who have already gone down this road before me. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and frankly, I love it. I love working with these kind of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, Dave, the interesting thing is that uh, I was in corporate for 30-plus years, and I think of the people that I have met uh, since I left corporate in 2004, you know, these entrepreneurial spirits, as you described them, and the, the creatives, and it, it's just such um, an inspiration to hear their stories and to hear how they started their business and some of the struggles that they've been through. So I believe that that small business owner, and folks, if you're listening Uh, Owning your own business isn't for everyone. It's certainly not for the faint at heart. I'm not going to tell you that you've got financial freedom and time freedom because that, that doesn't happen for a while generally. So, Dave, when you're working with these small business owners, these franchise owners, um, what are you seeing some of the, the common misconceptions that they have around taxes or around managing their money? Oh, fantastic question. The most common misconception that I see with somebody who is brand new to this kind of stuff is that it's something that they can take care of later, that they don't have to take care of it now, okay? That, oh, this will be one of those things that we deal with, you know, after the end of the year. No, no. You're the business owner, guess what? Not only do you now have to pay income taxes, which you already did before, but now you have to worry about sales taxes if you're selling stuff. You have to worry about uh, uh, payroll taxes. You might have to worry about business personal property taxes. All of a sudden, instead of just this one little thing, you've got three or four different things that, oh, Sometimes it's the federal, sometimes it's state, sometimes it's both. And you have to pay attention to these little things because if you don't, they will come up behind you and smack you so hard that all of a sudden you're sitting there going, what the heck was that? (laughs) I just, I just had one of my, one of my, uh, one of my clients who chose not to follow my counsel. I'm sorry to say. The IRS dipped into his account the other day and pulled out $6,000, his personal bank account, pulled out $6,000 for payroll, uh, excuse me, sales taxes. It wasn't the IRS, it was the state of Georgia, as a matter of fact. Dipped into his account, pulled out $6,000 for back sales taxes. Oh, my heavens. Okay, that is not the kind of thing you want to have happen to you. Right. Gracious. Right. 
And did, it, I, I get the feeling as well. I, mean, I am certainly not an expert at this, and I am happy to turn over my records to an ex, to an expert such as yourself, Dave. But um, I get this perception that the that the rules change. You know, this is this is not monopoly where the rules are the same no matter when you lay that board out there and lay out the pieces and roll the dice, it changes, doesn't it? It sure does. Now, a lot of things stay the same. Sales taxes are kind of the same, and payroll taxes are kind of the same. But income taxes are a different story every year, okay? Did the IRS change this thing? Did the state change that thing? Do we have an additional tax on this? Did that rate go up? Did that rate go down? What kind of thing can we deduct over here now? When President Trump came along and passed his tax law, he introduced a whole lot of different things. And all of a sudden, I had questions coming at me from from all sides. Mm -hmm. And each of those things brought opportunities. Sometimes there were things in there where we simply said, yep, you got to pay some more money. That's all there is to it. And sometimes we were able to say, aha, look at this over here. There's this new deduction that we can take advantage of, and that's what we did. For every one of those people that called me, what we did was we basically looked at their situation specifically and said, how can we apply this change in the tax law? Okay, And like I said, sometimes it worked out to our advantage. Sometimes we simply had to say, yep, nope, we're going to have to pay more taxes, and that's all there is to it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, bringing up the IRS, um, what what are some things that a you know franchise owner might be able to do to um, keep a smile on the IRS man's face and you know still avoid paying so much more taxes? Are there some uh, tips that you could give give us out there? You betcha. Now. <clears throat> Like I mentioned a moment ago, there's lots of different taxes. Some of them are very straightforward, okay? Some of them involve a little more creativity, okay? The first thing that you need to do, and and this may sound weird, but you need to stay in contact with the IRS and with the various state agencies that, that you owe money to, okay? If you have payroll taxes, file your payroll tax returns on time. Pay the payroll taxes on time, okay? If you ignore them, that's when the IRS gets antsy. That's when the states get really irritated, okay? If you're in contact with them, guys, it's coming. Or I'd like to make a payment plan, or better yet, just simply file everything on time, pay everything on time. That works wonderfully because they're not angry at you in the first place, okay? Now, the second piece, of course, is on your individual taxes. Most franchise, organ- most franchise entities that I've encountered are pass-through entities where the entity itself doesn't pay the income taxes. Instead, the owners do. Cool. Now we have opportunities to basically take the information that comes from the company, mix it together with the information on the individual tax return, and basically come out with a better situation than what we would have had otherwise. Because when we can do this kind of tax planning or 
looking down the road and saying, ooh, here's this new tax law. How can we take advantage of it? But wait, let's work it all through. Is your individual situation set up well enough so that we can take advantage of this? Aha, let's tweak this. Let's tweak that. Frankly, we can come out with a very good situation. Did this the other day for a gentleman where we, <clears throat> we took advantage of one of the new tax laws, basically came up with a way for him to save $10,000 every year going forward, wow. forever, as long as this particular tax law is in place. Now, for him, $10,000, i got to be honest, was kind of a minor thing, but $10,000 a year, forever, mm-hmm. sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's very nice. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of thing when you speak to your tax advisor, okay, when I speak to my clients and I'm given the opportunity to work with them up front and we can plan together, that's wonderful. The worst thing I can ever hear is I just, oh, I just bought this thing over there or I just did that thing over there, but I didn't get to talk to them up front. I didn't mm-hmm. get to say to them, wait, do it this way. Don't do it that way. I've had that mm-hmm. before where people come in and say, I just did this. Oh, great. Well, there's nothing I can do about it. You're going to have to pay this much in taxes. But if they came to me up front and said, hey, I'm thinking of doing this thing, I said, oh, that's a beautiful idea, but do it this way. Mm-hmm. That way we can do take advantage of this tax deduction or this mm-hmm. thing over here. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that when we can work together with a client like that. Mm-hmm. Now, Dave, the situation that you're describing, it sounds like you really build relationships with your clients and, you know, you, you know what's going on. And that's how a business owner, a franchise owner, uh, an individual can best leverage your knowledge, isn't it? It is. Absolutely the case. If I can work together with somebody up front before they do something, we can position uh, we can position certain things to take advantage of the tax laws so that they pay the least amount of income taxes reasonably possible. I've had people come up to me and say, can't you make my taxes zero? Of course I can make your taxes <laughs> zero. The problem is you won't have any money when it's left over to, for, to, for food or anything else. So in in this situation, it's always one of knowing also, you know, okay, wait, you've got a wife. Oh, you've got a dog. Okay, great. You know, what else do you want to do in life? Oh, you want to retire and have some money for the grandkids. Fantastic. So we incorporate generally whenever we can some outside advisors as well, like a financial planner. Um, and, and But when we have this kind of relationship with somebody, that works wonderfully. I personally, I don't like transactions. Okay. Mm -hmm. Come in, Dave here, you know, here's my information, fill out the tax returns. All right, fine. There you go. I prefer relationships instead of transactions. If I've got a relationship with somebody, I know what they want to do in life. I know what that person's spouse wants to do in life. I know, do they want to open another business in addition to the one that they've got? Do they just want to make this one grow? Do they want to sell this one? When we have that kind of a relationship with somebody, I can give fantastic counsel, okay? I can sit back and help help that, that business owner optimize 
their own situ- their own personal situation on top of the business situation. That's mm-hmm. a delightful situation overall. But love the relationships. Sure. You know, and, and I'm sure that you've seen a lot of situations maybe where maybe a franchisor didn't make the best decision. Have you seen some, some cases oh. where you've seen them make a decision that you would, you know, it's that palm plant on the forehead. Why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> so franchisors and franchisees both sometimes make decisions where you sit back and think, my gosh, why did you do that? I had a particular <laughs> franchisee oh some time ago call me up, and this is one of those things where you know I just I just bought a franchise for my wife. I said, "Oh my gosh, you bought something for your wife. I hope she was involved in the decision." <laughs> and and hope it wasn't and, an anniversary or a birthday gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bought you. Yeah, and and I just. I was stunned by the comment, and what was stunning even more was the person's the person's response. He just stared at me for a minute, and I just went, "Oh my gosh, you didn't! Oh. You didn't talk to your you did not talk to your spouse before you before you uh, before you bought this thing." And and then it came out, yes, he had <clears throat> he had had a small conversation with her uh, ahead of time, and. And, you know, he thought that he had her, you know, her buy-in on this thing. And, you know, he was, he has a nice job. He works at a place where he gets a healthy W-2 paycheck. And he really wasn't going to be involved in this thing very much himself. He was buying this for her so that she could have something to do in the middle of summer. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. Okay, are you sure that this is something she wants to do? And so I said to him, I said, but we're going to take a time out right now. The first thing I need you to do is I need you to think through this thing for a moment. I assume that you, that you went into this with the expectation that you were just going to hand this off to your wife. Well, guess what? I'm believing very strongly that is not going to be the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and whether you like it or not, you're going to be heavily involved in this thing. <clears throat> Turns out that's been exactly the case. Okay, now I do believe the wife is involved. I do believe that she was, <clears throat> I'll say, pleasantly surprised. Okay, <clears throat> and that she has bought in and she's, but I speak with him. I have yet to have a conversation with her. He oh, is wow. a lot more involved than he ever anticipated. Now, <clears throat> that one I think has worked out well. And I think it worked out well mostly because the first time I saw him, I kicked him in the shins. And I said, <clears throat> you better think about this a little bit more. You better change your perspective because you <clears throat> are going to be a lot more involved in this thing than what you ever anticipated. Yeah. And that's turned out to yeah. be the case. Now, the worst yeah. thing I've ever seen a franchisor do <clears throat> had a gentleman buy into a particular restaurant chain, and it said, <clears throat> you know, this is, your, this is your zone. This is your area. Okay, and this particular restaurant chain, they have to do a lot, an awful lot of catering business to really make the particular location work. Now, this gentleman who was going into this new uh, situation for him, he had been running restaurants for, for, you know, decades, all right, but he was new to catering, okay? 
what happened was there was an existing franchise close by, and they had basically had the whole catering area for years and built up a very healthy catering uh, business. But when the new guy came in, they would not give up their catering to the new guy. The franchise did not enforce it. The Uh, franchise did not enforce that line. Okay? That is one of the worst things I've ever seen a franchisor do. And that mm -hmm. was a situation that ultimately ended up with that particular site being closed. Wow. Okay. Now, Sounds to, like be, a to be sure, there were other things involved. As well. There could have been a lawsuit yeah. out of it as well. I suspect mm-hmm. that that may happen someday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, admittedly, <clears throat> this was, what, six months before COVID virus? So were there mm-hmm. other combi- other factors involved? Yes, yeah, sure. I see. Okay. Sure. But that particular issue was very, very significant. And, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> my guy simply you know, caught him on, caught him uh, blindsided. Very sad about that one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what, Dave, I need to take a quick commercial break, but I'm loving the stories that you're sharing. When we come back, do you happen to have some more stories that you could share with us? (laughs) Sure do. Happy to do so. Very good. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more from Dave Murray. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Tune in every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone. Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help you take the next step in your relationship with Christ. Listen in to hear from others about their experiences of faith and the love of Christ. Call in to share your experiences at 347-989-1363. Learn more by going to toughtalkchristianradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come, contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. Linda Ballesteros here, and my guest is Dave Murray, and he is a CPA and a tax consultant, and he's just been sharing some great stories with us today. And Dave, you said that you have some more that you could share with us as well. You bet. The question is always going to be one of, you know, in my mind, what what can you learn from the experiences of somebody else. And I go back to, you know, that, that thing that my dad told me where he had 20 business activities. The thing, one of the things that he mentioned 
Every time he had a new business activity, he remembered the lessons from the prior business activities. Okay? He remembered those lessons. He brought them forward. He incorporated them into the future lessons. Okay? Now, that's a wonderful thing to do. Okay? That truly, in my mind, is the best. He, his 20 iterations was basically the equivalent of a franchise organization sharing their knowledge with a franchisee. Beautiful. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. I have a wonderful client who I love very much, just an absolute delightful person. He inherited a restaurant, inherited a business from his grandmother. Fantastic recipes. Absolutely wonderful food. Okay? One day I decided to go over, this is about eight, nine weeks ago. <clears throat> I decided to go over, and I went over at a time when I knew that the boss was not going to be there. Now, this place, they don't know me from Adam, but I showed up just right before closing time. And I went in, <clears throat> and I wanted to be the absolute last person. And so some other people kept coming in, and it was interesting. Even after closing time, people kept coming in. They kept letting them in, frankly. This place has great demand, a wonderful reputation in the, in the particular area. Finally, I was the last person through. And, uh, and I said, <clears throat> I want all of, of this particular item that you have left. Well, yeah. I got to admit, it was kind of nasty. I want mm. all of that. To, I want two or three of those particular things that you have left over there. Extremely wonderful. And then finally, I said, the thing that for me is, is the golden goose of all things is lemonade. Okay, and these guys made their own lemonade. I said, <clears throat> I need some lemonade. Fantastic. Okay. You know, I could tell it wasn't water. But beyond that, I really wasn't sure what I was drinking. Uh-huh. That is not the experience that you want to have. Okay. Everyone knows if we go to McDonald's, okay, we know what you're going to get. You know it's going to be that whether it's 12 o'clock noon or whether it's, you know, 10 minutes before closing time. You're going to get a particular product. That's exactly the way it is. This particular, uh, this particular restaurant, okay, when the boss was not there, the employees were not keeping up to his standards. All right? I... And I, and I had a phone call with him a few days later. I said, I can't tell you about this situation. He was kind of surprised by it. Well, I, I shouldn't say kind of. He was very surprised by it. And I said, do you do this? Do you do that? I mean, how do your people make this stuff? Well, everybody knows how to make the lemonade. I said, well, do you have a common recipe? Is it up on the wall? Yeah. And the answer was no. And it turns out everybody was making things their own way. I said, that doesn't work. Okay, and and this this one particular item that I that I had uh, that I had bought, <clears throat> man, I I have to admit I I took it home. I was going to surprise my wife with, hey, look, I got some great food at this one place and brought it home, and she took a look at it and said, yeah, you can eat that. <laughs> and so, I'll pass. Guess what? <laughs> got to eat it. And so that's the kind of thing <clears throat> where I sit back. And I say, there's an experience that I hope nobody ever has. Yet, mm-hmm. at the same time, 
what a wonderful learning experience. Not the kind of thing you want to have, but what a great learning experience. I called my client. I said, I had this experience at your restaurant. Oh, my gosh. Thank you very much for telling me this. Now, it's my understanding that they've made some changes in their operation. Delightful. Wonderful. Okay? I'm planning on going back again sometime soon, again, about that closing time. And just see if it's different or just see if it's the same. Mm -hmm. I hope it's different. I hope it's better. Okay? Sure. That's the kind of thing that learning, you know, from other people, there's a great, there's a great benefit to that. There's a great advantage to that. I've got another client that we just took on. Not only are we doing their accounting and their, what I call the CFO advisory, but we're doing their accounts payable. Okay. And this is a company that has an existing operation over in, uh, over in Europe. Fantastic. Lovely. I'm expecting that I'm going to walk into a situation where their accounts payable system, and this is, you know, accounting ease for everybody for just a moment, but their accounts payable system is already set up and working well. No, not at all. Nothing is set up. Nothing is working. Okay. Nothing is ready for us. I'm trying to pay bills, and the only option that I have are wire transfers. That's terrible. Wow. I can't write a check to somebody. The only thing I've got is wire transfers, and these people are expecting me to pay them, and they've not given me their banking information. That's awful. Okay. Well, that's you know when I'm when I'm hearing me when I'm hearing you tell me that this company had expanded. How does the company make the decision to expand without having the infrastructure to support that? Bingo. That's exactly right. Okay. They kind of expect that it would just grow by its own. Now, okay. I don't know how their operations work over in Europe, okay? My anticipation is that they go very well. We have, over the course of time, built their accounts payable system up to something that's rather respectable now. Bills get paid on time, okay? There are no surprises about, <clears throat> you know, oh, my gosh, golly, you know, we need $100,000 to pay bills tomorrow. No, all of those things are now known. Okay, but <clears throat> those should never have been that never should have been the situation in the first place. I'll admit <clears throat> I should have asked up front, but I had an expectation because this was coming from an enterprise that already had operations that they had already solved this issue. Right. Fair enough. Right. We walked into it. We fixed the problem, but it wasn't something that should have happened in the first place. Okay, <clears throat> this is why, in all honesty. I love the idea of franchising simply because you franchise, somebody else is going to say, okay, you need to do this, then you need to do this, and then you need to do that. All right? Beautiful. Mm -hmm. This is taking Mm -hmm. advantage of the knowledge of somebody who has gone before. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. What a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that is part of, you know, that's a big part of what you're buying into when you purchase a franchise. Because um, for many, and I'll say myself included, when I was with um, corporate banking, 
I didn't know all the moving pieces that was necessary to um, build a successful business. So even though someone has been in the business or around businesses, they may not know all the marketing um, advantages that they can use or you know, what CRM platforms do they decide on and how many times do you have to use a CRM platform to find the right one. And a franchise <laughs> has done all of that. And, uh, you know, that's the great thing is it not only reduces the learning curve, but it also saves you a lot of money with those trial and errors, those learning uh, dollars. That's oh, that is so sure. true. So true. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. absolutely true. By, by yeah. learning from what somebody else's mistakes, my gosh, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. David, someone's listening right now. We're getting close to the end of the show, but if someone's listening and they would like more information about, you know, maybe the services that you offer or or if you can help them, how would they reach out and get in touch with you? Uh, Our phone number here is 770-432-4206, okay? Or you can find us on the Internet at www dot atc dash l dot com okay we are on the east coast we do have clients oh in almost every state and i've got a lot of staff members in lots of different states we're kind of all over but the best way to get through to us is that phone number uh go to the website you know click on the Click on the uh, the info button, and sure, you can send us an email. My email address, and I'm delighted to to, to hear from you, is uh, dmurray at atc-l.com. Happy to hear from you. Happy to help you. Happy to talk with you. Always Wonderful. a good day when I get to when I get to learn about somebody else. I, I love those conversations. So we're down to those final three questions here, Dave. The first one is. If there is someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest they should do to prepare for the process? Uh, Unlike the gentleman that bought the franchise for his wife, um, he should have heard the answer to this before he did that. So what would you suggest to someone? Okay, great question. The first thing you really need to do is find – don't make a snap decision. Take your time. Look for a franchise that fits you, okay? Look for a franchise that matches your personality. Is the product something you're interested in? Is it the kind of thing where you can say, oh, my gosh, I love that, okay? And you also, I mean, you gotta, you got to remember, this is a marriage between you and that business. Is is that the kind of thing you want? I have a friend who decided he wanted to go into the, he wanted to go franchise a uh, a daycare. I said, no, this is not a good thing for you. It's not a good match. I this was a college professor. I'm going. This is I just don't see this being a good match for you. He delightfully went to a a franchise consultant who basically said to him, yeah, I don't think so. I just don't see that one for you, okay? Mm -hmm. And he did not do it. But you must take that time, study through, figure out what is a good match for me. 
Okay. Yeah, now, the other thing exactly. that I would say there, you've got to make sure that that franchisor has a good, solid financial situation. Okay. Consider you go ahead and you pay that upfront fee. Oh, how lovely. Two weeks later, the company declares bankruptcy. What? Your money just went running out the door. Thank you very much. You may have a franchise. Cool, and you might have an operating manual and, and a bunch of other lovely things, but you now no longer have that support system that was a lot of the reason for buying the franchise in the first place. Okay? Wow. Got to have that. Those, I think, are the two most important things when you're looking at, at purchasing a franchise. Yeah, most definitely. This is a large investment, and it should not be an emotional buy. That's for sure. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the correct. second question here, David, is what? And, and I think we may have talked a little bit about this, but what are two traits that make a successful franchisee? The two traits of a successful franchisee. Well, the first trait, in my opinion, is that that person knows what they're about to get into. <clears throat> okay, I go back to my friend who wanted to run a daycare. Fantastic. Okay, now it just so happens that he had come from a large enterprise before being a college professor. He had worked for some big company, <clears throat> was in their HR department. Lovely. So he had dealt with a lot of uh, people problems. Well, okay, that's cool. But if you want to, you want to run a daycare. Well, now you're going to deal with parents, and now you're going to deal with this other, you know, with with children who escape and want to go into the wild. Okay, great. All right. You better know what you're getting into. You better understand this business before you say, ah, that looks cool. I think I'll do that. No. Go take a ride on the Ferris wheel first. Okay? Mm -hmm. You think you want to own a, 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 some kind of a fast food restaurant? Go work there. Mm -hmm. Go work in the fast food restaurant for four months, three months, whatever. Okay, mm -hmm. make sure that's really what you want to do. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> the second thing is if they tell you it's going to take a hundred thousand dollars, guess what? It's going to take two hundred thousand. If mm -hmm. you if, if if you think it's going to take a certain amount of money, you better have more than that right. because there are going to be little things that come along. Well, golly, Ned, I wasn't expecting that. Here's five thousand mm -hmm. for this thing, here's ten thousand for that thing. You betcha. You mm -hmm. betcha. That happens mm -hmm. all the time. You better have more money than what you anticipate. And I usually tell my people to have somewhere to, between one and a half and two times the amount of money that the franchisor tells them they're going to need. Okay? Yeah. There could be yeah. so many different reasons for that. Yeah, yeah. Very good advice there. Um, talking about your, your someone that wants to go into the restaurant industry, a perfect example of that, Dave, was I had someone contact me and he wanted to, he wanted to purchase a, a restaurant franchise. And in our conversation, of course, many of my questions were, uh, what's your experience? And he said, well, I don't really have any experience. I just like to eat. And I said, I'm going to give you some advice now, and I want you to really listen to this. Go to restaurants and eat. You don't have the experience to own a restaurant. That's a whole different type of business. So just because you like to eat, that doesn't mean that you want to own a restaurant. So sometimes 
there's this vision they have in their head of this fantasy of owning a business. And when you visit a restaurant, it looks very exciting and fun and everybody's having drinks, but that doesn't look that way from the owner's perspective. So no, enjoy that so restaurant. <laughs> you gave good counsel there. You gave absolutely good counsel. When I was 16 years old, I worked at a Taco Bell. A friend of mine said, Dave, there's a new Taco Bell opening up in the town that we grew up in. Let's go work at Taco Bell. Okay, fine. We worked at Taco Bell. Frankly, I didn't do anything except wash dishes for about the first two months. <laughs> and, then, and then the guy comes, the manager comes around the corner and says, who are you? And I, I, I'm Dave. He, have you done anything besides wash dishes? No, I haven't. Come up here. And so I got to learn how to do some other stuff. But that business is a business first. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's not about just mm-hmm. making tacos good as they were. And I can tell you exactly how much meat needs to go on the bottom of the taco at, at this point. But even 40 years later, it is a business first and second and last Okay, and mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle, you get to serve good food, or you get to do whatever. You get to take care of wonderful children, or mm-hmm. you get to do whatever it is that your business does. Okay, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. you know that is the mindset you have to have going going into it. No doubt yeah. about it. Good observation yeah. there. Yeah, hey, because the business is not just about the widget whatever that widget is, whether it's tacos or kiddos or whatever it is. The business is so much more than that widget. So the final question here, Dave, is what does the future of franchising look like? All right, fantastic question. I believe that the future of franchising is going to be one simply of expansion, okay? We just had this lovely thing called coronavirus. All right, I had a lot of clients simply fold up. They weren't ready, all right? I had a lot of clients talk to their neighbors. Hey, how are you doing this? Hey, how are you doing that? A lot of good franchise organizations said to their franchisees, ooh, hey, Bob over here in Minnesota is doing this thing. That's how he's handling that. Quick, spread it out to everybody. And all of a sudden, there was a problem that was solved, okay? And their businesses survived. And in certain cases, their businesses thrived. The businesses who did not have that backup didn't necessarily go out of business, but they had a hard time of it, okay? They had a rough time. My belief is the future of franchising that is absolutely going to expand that the wisdom of being associated with others who have the same problem and learning from them, okay, or, and sharing with them, to be very straightforward, and of having that franchise organization there simply is going to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay, I, I, don't, see any, I don't see any other way around it. Now, might there be some changes? You betcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, but those are, that's always the case. All right, there's always going to be changes in the world. Oh my gosh, nobody ever wants to eat french fries again. Yeah, that'll happen. But, you know, what if tomorrow nobody everybody says, "Ah, no more french fries. That's it." Okay? There's going to be something else coming. Hey, fruit cups, fruit cups for everybody. All right? But that's the kind of thing 
where you have the great benefit of other people to bounce ideas off of, other people to learn from and to share with, <clears throat> okay? If you have a good franchise or they are there for your benefit to help you see the landmines that are out there. There's one there. Don't go there. Instead, go over here. Hey, we've got this new idea we want to pass along to you. I think franchising mm-hmm. is just going to expand. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you in that, Dave, and I think that um, the the pandemic really did spotlight those franchise leadership teams that were doing a really good job because, as you mentioned, there were, and it, whether it's the pandemic or whether it is a recession, there will always be challenges. Uh, they'll look a little bit differently and they'll impact the businesses a little bit differently. They'll impact specific industries differently, but there will always be something there. But those franchises that I've had on my show that have talked about how quickly they adjusted to the changes and they came up with new products or a new delivery system that they were able to roll out to their franchisees quickly that minimized their downtime, that can be done with a franchise because leadership team is focused on that. When you are an independent business owner, you really don't have all that information. You don't have a team of people that can help research that. For example, there was the PPP. That was All of those things were changing almost daily, hourly um, during that time. You know? And I'm sure that you were trying to stay up to date on it as well. I learned more from my clients than I did from the government. As PPP was changing every single day, somebody would call me, hey, this is the new thing. Cool. All of a sudden, I knew something now that I could turn around and share with however many other business owners. Frankly, i got to be honest. My clients were of great benefit to me and to every other client that I had as PPP was going along. Round one. When it, nobody knows, you know, what's going on with this and what's going on with that. No, that's a beautiful observation. Mm-hmm. Beautiful yeah. observation, Linda. Well, Dave, this has been uh, quite a pleasure. And, folks, I hope you've been taking some notes here because Dave really gave us some great nuggets that you can implement, whether you are a franchisee, franchisor, or an independent business owner. Dave, one more time, if someone wants to get more information about working with you or the services you offer, where would they go to get that information? Our phone number is 770-432-4206. Our website is www.atc-l.com. And you can email me at dmurray, that's the letter D, and then M-U-R-R-A-Y, at atc-l.com. Wonderful. Dave, thanks so much for being on the show today. This has just been um, uh, a great time to spend with someone, and I I know this is going to be delivered as a compliment. You don't sound or talk like a CPA, and I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I've heard that before, and uh, 
uh, I'm delighted to say that within the CPA circles, I'm known as somebody who can talk to people. It's, <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks again, Dave, for being on the show today. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I loved it myself. So, folks, I, I hope that you walked away with some great nuggets here. Uh, Dave, Dave has, a, a, like he says, three decades of experience, and you certainly want to leverage that. Um, I, as always, I'm going to leave you with this quote. And this quote goes like this. The hardest thing in the world to understand is income taxes. That's a quote by Albert Einstein. We kind of think of him as being brilliant, but, um, you know, even Albert Einstein was a little um, overwhelmed by taxes back then. So you always want to have that professional uh, that's on your side, that's asking the right questions, that you can bounce ideas off of, just like Dave talked about today. Folks, thanks so much for being with me on All Things Franchising, and we'll see you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.